right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to this week's edition of the Wandering Bear Sports Podcast, the number one sports podcast in the world. Before I introduce today's very special guest, can I please ask that if you enjoy the podcast or any of our podcasts, that you please subscribe on whatever your preferred platform is, as well as can you please follow us on social media at Wandering Bear Sports on both Facebook and Instagram. All your support has been truly appreciated so far, guys, and it means we can get some really good guests. So thank you very much. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, tell someone about it. Word of mouth is without doubt the best marketing possible. So if you like what we're doing, please tell someone about it. This week's episode is brought to you by Caffeine Gum Australia. So Caffeine Gum Australia is a company that Kate and I started uh, last year, and it's been a product that I've used for a really long time. Uh, It's batch tested, so it's safe for professional and semi-professional athletes to use. And it comes in three different flavors in spearmint, cinnamon, and arctic mint. Uh, So basically all it is is chewing gum that gives you a caffeine hit. Uh, I I use it before I do my tie in the mornings. And, you know, it's it's super quick, super easy and effective. And it doesn't mess with your stomach if you have, like when you have a coffee before you train. So it's it's been uh, something that I'm... I'm so happy that I found and more and more people are discovering it. So everything that um, we sell through there goes back into the podcast. So uh, if you if you feel like supporting, it's www.caffeinegumaustralia.com. All right, let's just get into it today. This week's guest is Laurie Fisher. I am incredibly, I was incredibly excited to speak to him and he absolutely did not disappoint. Um, so, you know, I've, I've been doing a lot of these podcasts now most guests would actually like questions sent to them Laurie didn't want that because he thought it would be more natural if we just had a conversation Um, and look he couldn't have been more easy to talk to he's got a wealth of knowledge and there are so many gold nuggets throughout this chat um, that I've already listened to it two or three times and started taking notes all right guys let's just get straight into it without further ado please enjoy today's podcast with Brumby's forwards coach Mr. Laurie Fisher Hey mate, how are you? Good. Self? Yeah, mate, going good. How's uh, mate? Nice to meet you. How are you? Yeah, look, I'm uh, I'm enjoying a bit of quiet time at the moment, so it's nice. Mate, looks like you're at work. I thought. Yeah, um, yeah that's quiet time. Is it? <laughs> yeah, away from home. Mate, how's um, how's everything in Canberra at the moment? Well, oh, look, it's quiet because it's still in lockdown, so. Um, so probably obviously very limited in in what you can do. So you know all those restrictions are still on. I think we we come out of lockdown officially tomorrow, but then there's another two weeks, uh, you know, with you know, all those four square meter rules and blah blah blah. So you got to sit down when you have a beer and all that kind of shit. Well, uh, yeah, and limits of twenty five. So and I think it'll open up more at the end of the month. So supposedly at, uh, for the twenty ninth, then you can. Maybe head down the coast and things like that. So, has it affected you guys much in terms of like the footy side of things? Well, no. I mean, it 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 obviously killed the local competition, which had killed everywhere uh, except except Brisbane. So the boys had to stop playing. But we got a uh, we got an exemption then to to be able to train. So we've been at, we had a, a sort of a nine week block. We could get the boys in, you know, those that were here and get a fair bit of work done. Not rugby-wise, just a little bit of skill, but a bit of conditioning, strength, speed. So, Just give the boys a bit of normalcy, you know. Yeah, that's with right. All. So they, they were able to come in and and, uh, and then 
sort of we, we're on a on a four week break now before we start on the eighth. We've got there's probably there's about eighteen guys down there this morning. You know, rehab guys, a few other guys working away and just offering a bit of skills. So again, because you can't travel, but, yeah. so no no one can go away. So everyone's still here. So and the weather's shit. So. Um, it's been shit down there as well. It's shit here. Like I'm in Sydney and it feels like winter at the moment. Yeah, look, it's cold and raining. It was, you know, a big storm last night. It's belting down at the moment out there and it's, yeah. Well, it's not too cold, but it's just, uh, yeah, like you can't do anything. Yeah, fair enough, mate. Well, How good? What's that? Yeah. Well, how good's that? Well, yeah, mate, I was going to ask, like, how I do the podcast is because normally when I interview someone or talk to someone, they want questions sent to them beforehand, but yeah. you're one of the few that didn't. So I got a few questions, but I figured let's just talk and see what comes out. Well, that's, um, right, that's right. Yeah. Rather than be organized. So uh, yeah, it's make it more conversational. Like, yeah. It seems to work better anyway, but I just want to ask in the last two years during COVID, how have you found the period personally? Like how, what's your, What's your way of dealing with it? Because I've seen everyone, a lot of people I know have had really good ways of dealing with it and some people have been really struggling with it. So one, have you actually dealt with it yourself? Well, personally, like, I I mean, I quite quite like, uh, I'm happy to get out in the garden and and do plenty of work out there. I'm happy to to watch watch rugby and learn and, uh, you know, see what, what different teams and different people are doing. So, um, so I, look, I'm, you know, I'm not at my stage of life. Like I'm not worried about going out. I miss going down the coast. That's, that's probably yeah. what I missed it most on, but again, I'm happy that we've been able to tick the boys along really for, for the whole period. So then you're constantly looking in, in work, in relation to work of ways of, of, um, making each individual better and making the team better and then away from work as I'm happy to get out in the garden, you know, got a little home gym, do some boxing, uh, read a book and those sorts of things. So uh, I've still got you know, family around. So you know, life's, life hasn't changed that dramatically for me. What about dealing with the boys? Cause you're, you're a mentor of coach of a lot of young guys. Um, have they dealt with it pretty well or have you, have you had to help, you know, guide people through it? Like, what's that been uh, like? Look, look, not really. I, it, I mean, I, I guess a, a few guys have probably struggled in the background, but oftentimes, yeah, they, they, they don't want a coach to know that, but they, they might be battling with certain things. And um, but, but I, I guess we've, I particularly over the last period, tried to provide an environment that's that's. It's not invasive. That's not cracking the whip. It's about coming and learning, uh, enjoying yourself, uh, uh, educational, trying to get better. So, at another time, you'd be re- you'd, you're potentially quite demanding, and uh, and and you, you and you want energy, accuracy, or effort, all those things. But it's probably a, a chance to take half a step back, make it a place that they actually want to come to. Yeah. Uh, because they'll know they'll get, they've got their mates here for a start. Uh, it's it's, it's back the heat off a little bit, enable them again to let's pick two or three things where, where you can get better. So it's to create an environment for that where there's, you're not winning and losing games at the moment. You're not preparing for to put your neck on the line on a Saturday. So make it a place that they genuinely want to come, feel at ease, 
uh, and can make progress in chosen areas. You mentioned before that you like to do a bit of learning. Where, where do you look for new ideas and like what's your process in trying new things and, you know, looking for things? Well, my, my process is, is to watch, you know, like maybe particularly this time of year, four or five games a week. So, yeah, this week I've, I've watched um, Harlequins Bristol. I've watched uh, Munster v Scarlets. Uh, I've watched uh, Gloucester v Sale, and then and then to, to look at and I, I look at defence lines. I look at tackle technique. I look at uh, uh, breakdown contest. I look at uh, mauling. Uh, I look at uh, kick chase. A uh, whole range of things, and I and I'll cut I'll cut anything between 10, 15 clips out of a game and little bits and pieces, and then. And then, you know, I, you know, I've got a, a reasonably strong philosophy around all those areas of the game, but oftentimes you're looking at a piece of play that you can, you know, work into a drill to develop a certain thing. So it, it's not that easy, particularly the last two years, to, to get your professional development by going somewhere. Yeah. And, and even if you go somewhere, you're really going to one, one place. Whereas if you watch... If you watch games w- w- with an eye, not, not not for just the joy of watching the game, but looking at particular things, I, I find great learning. Uh, and you either get affirmation that what you're doing is on the right track, or you can see small improvements. I watched the Munster number seven the other day, Chris Chris Cl- uh, Cloet, and uh, just looking at you know technically how he works, his speed of movement, his body shape. Clip a few of those, and uh, you know, at some stage, I'll sit down with our sevens and and you know, look at those sort of things. So we're all learning from other people. Do you, when you do that, do you watch the game live, or would you download it and just go through it slowly? Yeah, I download it, so I get the boys here to uh, put it uh, to to download it for me, so that I can I can slow mo, stop, start. Uh, and, and look at things in in, re, in real detail. So, and, and then I can cut it out. I can cut clips on the sports code. So, yeah, I'm not getting up in the middle of the night to watch footy anymore. I can. I, I need my sleep too much. But but again, I can just. And look, there's a lot of footy on stand again. But you can't. You obviously, can't cut from stand, and you've got to you know, drag the cursor back. So, download it onto a sports code, and I've, I've got it there cut my clips and, and then I'll move on. So it's a, for me, it's a really valuable learning tool. And not only that, it, it's really good for, for training your eye for detail. Because one yeah. of the hard things about, about coaching, particularly at training, is to make sure that you, you've got an eye for detail because somebody can, somebody, you could be running a drill and somebody could be doing it absolutely wrong you know, for five reps. Now that's just an absolute waste of, of, of everybody's time. So to be able to actually have have 20 people working and, and to be able to train your eye to, to, to be seeing that we're getting quality in what we're doing is most important. You, know, we, we, you only get limited training time, so, so it's, it's, it's got to be quality. So it's, it's a, I, I find it really good. And then, I, and then it's, I find it really good to train me for game day again because you can get wrapped up in, in watching the spectacle on game day as opposed yeah. to watching the detail of, of what you're supposed to be coaching and analysing and where things are going well and where things uh, need to improve. So, so without spending uh, an inordinate amount of time, it's just a, 
for, for me, it's the, it's the ideal tool to, to, to see what's current, to see where, what trends are in the game, but also to train your eye for, for your training and, and for your game day. Um, a lot of questions there. Um, something I've been sort of exploring in my own life is, is using failure as a tool to learn and to improve. Do you ever try things that don't work? Uh, often. Uh, I'm always sort of experimenting, experimenting with uh, drills and, and look, look I, I, don't want, I don't want people to fail on purpose. I, I won't, so I don't set them up for failure. But my philosophy in coaching would be I'm not going to sit here and offer you a five-minute explanation of a drill so you get it perfectly that, that people generally learn by doing. So I'd have a, a basic philosophy. If I, if I can't tell you in two minutes what I mean or what I want, then it's too complex. So, so limit, I've got to limit my instructions. Then I've got to say, right, in you go. Let's, let's learn from doing. And then the, the challenge of coaching on the run, of, of stopping, of giving a bite-sized piece of information, uh, and then con consistently checking for learning. So, so, and and you, you know, like a, a lot of guys these days, a lot of people these days get their information from their phone, you know, from whatever you know, whatever they're on. So, the skill of actually um, listening and watching somebody processing information and then executing, it, it's uncommon. It's, it's not easy for a lot of young guys these days. I, I reckon they really, really struggle with it. So again, um, so you, you can't be explained if you're too long. People are going to make mistakes. Mistakes are fine as long as we learn from them. But what we can't do is make five minutes or 10 minutes worth of mistakes because we're, we're, we're wasting time. Make mistakes. How did that feel? What do you think? What can we do differently and better? Bang, crack on again, crack on again, and, and we keep going that way. But but constantly checking that that is is there learning there? Is there understanding there? Do my players know what good looks like? Do they know what good feels like? So if I'm not doing that, uh, I, I might think, fuck, I've coached a great session, really good. But if, if the guys haven't learned, then it's it's yeah, my presentation and drills may have been fantastic, but if it didn't resonate, if they didn't understand, what, what have I achieved? Do you, do you do that just simply by asking them? Like, what what are our key points we've got from this session? Falau, what did you take away from that? Is, is yeah. that how you go about it? Yeah, oftentimes, so I might enter, you know, it's something we do cons consistently, so I might say, well, what, what are the three most important things in this activity, lads, you know, or, or what, are the, what are the two keys in your carry, uh, Etc. Etc. You know what, 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 it, whatever, and, and everything's got to be simple. So anything you do might have two or three or four key points, and they should. But again, you, you find that guys can rattle those things off, but then do they know how to execute it? So they might say, "Well, if I'm carrying, I, I, you know, I, I can't hinge too much at the waist. I've got to, I've got to get power out of uh, yeah, my body position through knees and hips." So. And I've been talking to Palms recently about that. So, like the boys can parrot off the important things in scrummaging step by step, where the problem solve is, what what we do. But can they actually see themselves and feel themselves and problem solve in in that moment? And so, so, so that's that's the key as well. So it's not just the fact that you can repeat the information that I've given you. Can you on the run? So if I, if I scream something out, 
can you then make an adjustment in your in your next opportunity to what was said rather than just give the information back to me so it's it's cross-checking in a range of different ways so okay skill skill acquisition takes time so if you're trying to teach a group uh something new and they might get it the first time but then the next time they do it like like how, what's your thought process on on skill acquisition because it's a weird role being a professional coach you're you're judged on results but often improving a team can take some time and you've got you got some young guys coming in you got some older guys who are, who are probably more developed yeah what's your, what's your approach with sort of balancing results with improving people well, my general particularly in my aspects of the game is I used to be really big on on just close skill get it right in close skill get it right in close skill and, and it'll be and it'll be near enough in the game but I've sort of changed over over time now that, that I, I reckon you've got to do the majority of your learning at game speed game power so, so I might introduce a skill that might be a carry support, reaction to, to you know what what's your role of clean out drill and and we might have done we might have isolated each of those so isolate your carry isolate your groundwork isolate your reaction but what then i've got to do is is it's not about chasing 100 reps now now again most skill acquisition or, or with, with your perception perception action coupling or muscle training muscle memory it's all about reps 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 but i reckon people get bored uh, a lot of guys can get bored with just repping. And if you do a lot of reps, it's got to be done at a reduced pace. So my philosophy now is that you get the basics in, in a closed skill, but I've got to get it into a decision-making, a reaction-demanding environment done at game pace. So my philosophy now is to, is to, is to do a little bit of, of core skill, closed skill, and then to, to develop drills where you've got to go, that you are balls out. You are if you're carrying, you are powerful. Uh, if you are supporting, you are sharp off a leg back to contest, and it's done at maximum speed. So that so can, so if you're doing it that way, you can't do a hundred of them. Yeah. So, so so then I've got the boys. Good need to understand today. We've got been doing some stuff lately where it might be a four and a half minute activity. We go every twenty seconds. And you know in that you're going to get two carries, you're going to get two supports from the right, two supports from the left, and four shield holes. So that's all, that's all you're getting, lads. So to me then, I find that it now sharpens the focus. Because they're not thinking, ah, oh, shit, it's five minutes, I'm going to get 20 reps at, at 60%. I'm just going to grind my way through it. I can turn my brain off and just do it. Whereas if, 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 if I, I tighten it up, I, I go explosive, I, I go dynamic, I go less reps, but you've got to be good. You've got to be good because if you're not good, you get shown up. So I sort of, I, over a period of, you know, turned my sort of philosophy upside down over the last couple of years. Do you, do you use much uh, video as feedback for guys? Uh, yes, uh, I, I do. And, and I would ask them in, in any given week, so, so all our stuff gets videoed. Um, if, if I've got 25 or 30 guys, I'm not, I'm not cutting video for 25 or 30 guys. So the onus is on them. Yeah. So in any given week, say in pre-season, you've got to be cutting 
whatever it is, you know, minimum 10 clips, 15 clips, 20 clips, whatever, and then you can come and see me. If, if, if I see some glaring things that I want to point out, I'll cut them, but I'm not going to cut 10 clips for 25 guys. That's 250 clips I've got to cut. Yeah. I don't have time for that. So they've got to take responsibility for that, which then comes back to what I've got to teach them is what good looks like and what good feels like. So, you, you, you know, yourself, boys get down watching the video and someone will trip over it and it's all a laugh, you know, like it's, it's, it's uh, entertainment. So you've got to trying to train their eye so that they can watch training and know what they're looking for. They're you know, looking for footwork, looking for uh, body position, looking for reaction speed, all those things, so that then they understand. So, so again, what good looks like, what good feels like, the ability to look at training footage, watch yourself, watch somebody else. That's fantastic. I need to develop this. I'll go and show Laurie this, get his thoughts on that. So it's, it's, an educa- it's that educational process, but it, it puts the onus on them as their primary coach, them to make themselves better. And, and I'm, a, I'm assisting in the process. I, if they don't do that, then, then our hands are tied. If, if they don't take responsibility, if they don't understand, if they can't see, if they don't know what it looks like or feels like, then yeah. we're going to hit a ceiling pretty quickly. How does it work with with coach your coaching team? Because I've just started coaching this year and we, we've got a very good coaching team at Southern Districts. Um, is it something that you guys just sit down and, and work out? Like um, Palms is doing scrums, uh, Dan McCall is doing line outs. Do you all work together? Like, is it something that you sit down and consciously talk about how to actually work together? Yeah, look, look again, we're, we're all in the same office and it's an open office, so that's advantageous for a start. Um, we've all got a lead in certain aspects of the game, but but we've also got an understanding that that um, we've also got a... a uh, that we've all got a responsibility that if we see something or have a suggestion in somebody else's area of the game, that we should be offering those suggestions. So it's sort of trying to create that open environment. We've all been coaching, most of us have been coaching for long periods of time and have a, have a broad understanding. So, so, you, so you've, got to, you've got to take control of your area, but you've got to be open-minded, not be offended if somebody uh, sees something that they, they think could be done differently or better. Uh, so, so then it's 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 general discussion. So when we we had you know, spent two days uh, last week looking at different aspects of our game and 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 where we need to get better and how we're going to get better and um, uh, you know around you know in in most areas in fact, but particularly counter attack, particularly in terms of. Uh, uh, breakdown reaction speed in terms of, of of our general attacking game in terms of our tackle technique. So uh, it's the beauty of being in a professional environment for a start. You're all in the same room the whole time, unlike club coaching where you're probably catching up over the phone or an hour before training, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we've got the luxury of spending uh, you know 40 or 50 hours uh, a week together to to throw ideas. And I, you know, if I see something, I might walk over to Sybe's desk and and show them a clip that I cut and then or, or draw something up on the whiteboard and just to make sure that, that 
just because you're in the same room doesn't mean you, it doesn't mean you necessarily uh, cross pollinate. But so you've got to make the effort that if you've got an idea, if you see something, you're going to say something. Might be good, might be a suggestion, but then you've also got to have. Uh, I've sort of got a philosophy: that if I really believe in something that I've in a different area, that that uh, oftentimes an idea gets knocked back first time. So you've got to have a bit of a thick skin. And I sort of have a policy that if I really believe in it, I'll have three cracks to, to try and get my point across. And in the end, it, it, it's that person's responsibility in that area of their game. Yeah. So I've got to let them take responsibility for it. And that's fine. But if I genuinely believe that I'll, I'll come back, I'll come back a second time, I'll come back a third time, and then I'll say, all right, understand, I'll just, we'll, we'll, we'll row in and, and, and we'll, uh, we'll give it 100% in the way that you want to do it. Is, is that something you like, is that a process that you talk about? Like, like just say with palms, like if you see something in the scrums that you think might be a good idea, you go, all right, Dan, let's, let's have a look at this. What do you think about this? And, and is that, is that, a, is that something just happens organically or is it something that you actually talked about well, like how to deal with that? that? That's, that's just my philosophy on it. Uh, I, okay. I don't know how the other guys deal with, uh, Reject, yeah, some some guys get an idea rejected and, and then and then yeah that, that's it they won't come up with another idea so um, but but you, you it's like anything you've got to have a process in place like no, nobody likes rejection of any sorts so you come up with an idea and then it gets uh, fuck that's don't like that yeah and it's it's easy then to go back into your shell and say well geez yeah it's like when you when you're young kid you put your hand up. And get the answer wrong or something, you know. I think, well, that's it for the next twelve months. <laughs> I'm never answering another question. Well, how often do you sit there? How often did you sit there as a kid and say, "Geez, I wish I put my hand up. I knew that answer. I knew that answer, but you never yeah. put your hand up." So you just you, you got to find your own way. Everybody has a different personality. So my my way of making sure that I don't go back in my shell because that would be my that would be my personality to do that is to establish a framework in how I, work, how I accept somebody disagreeing with me, but not just saying, oh, well, that's it. Having a genuine belief in what I want to do. And, and, and so my process is knock three times and, and then I've done, I've done all I can. And then I've got to support the person who's, who's got responsibility for that. Do you ever have these kind of interactions with the players as well? Like someone might come to you with an idea or, or is not liking the way you go about something. Do you have a process for dealing with that kind of conflict as well? Uh, yes, I do. And, 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 the, and the first process is to listen. And, and I encourage it. Like I, I had a lot of conversations with, um, uh, with Poey, you know, like three, four years ago. And, and, I, said, I, and I said to him that um, the, the one thing that coaches rarely if ever get feedback on is if something's good so and and so i said to him like, like if you think that was a good session uh, or or you or you really liked a particular part of it uh come up and say that because then if there's a particular thing that you also want to say well i reckon that could be done better then all of a sudden we've created a far better relationship than 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 just Oh, you know, that, that, that I'll say nothing when it's good, but I'll give you a negative feedback when I don't agree. And, and, and so with all, with all the players now, 
in, in the one-on-ones, trying to establish that relationship. Where, and when, when, as a society, we're not good at that. We're happy to criticise, but, but and, and, and most often 90% of things are good and the 10% can improve. But do we, how rarely do we get that positive reinforcement or not, and players certainly don't provide that. They're not used or comfortable with providing that positive reinforcement to coaches. That so you, really you'll good. encourage that that um, sort of positive and negative feedback, so that absolutely, it's just how and when you do it, and that's yeah. the key. So, so, so you know, it, it's so my philosophy would like you're either you're either in my ear during a session, yeah, you know, like, like it's not stop and talk in front of everybody that if, if, if you want to give in Maria quickly or come and talk to me afterwards and, 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 and let's see if, if, if there is an improvement for next time. And, and quite often there is like, like uh, I've learned a lot from players over the years, a lot, a lot, a lot. I mean, they're the practitioners, they're the people out there. They, they know what it, what it feels like, what it smells like out there. So I've got a really, really open mind and an open ear. It's, it's just making sure that it's done uh, in the right way, uh, at the right time, and it's as I say, and it's always balanced. Look at the good things. Yeah, how can we make good things better? Right, yeah. uh, and 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 that's and, and that's creates a far to me a far better way to look at things uh, rather than just picking on on the ten percent that can be done better. How can the ninety percent be done better? How can I extend that? So, just a framework for looking at things, for creating a relationship that, that, that deals with both sides in a, in a really good positive and learning way. What's your view on having uh, a, a, a working relationship with players? Because I've, I've heard every theory from I don't like to get close to players because one day I might have to make a decision on their career to I think I read an article where Steve Hansen said that he liked to get close to players because it meant that he could teach them better and get to know them and you know, help them with the rugby side even better. Yeah. Do, you, do you have a view on that? Yeah, look, um, I, I do. Look, I, I, I certainly want to, I, I want the players to feel super comfortable that they could, whatever they wanted to tell me, whether it's rugby or not rugby, that they, they feel comfortable in in seeking counsel, in, um, in, in talking about whatever. Most of them don't want to take, you know, most of them want to talk about footy. They don't want to talk about other things because, you know, you know I'm struggling. Young man. Yeah, and it, uh, yeah. will it affect me at the selection table if I, if I expose a weakness or whatever, whatever. So, uh, and there's other people in the environment that, that they can talk to as well. So, so that's fine. And, and, you know, obviously there's a, a significant generational difference. So there's all sorts of things. But I, I, I mean... Philosophically and practically, what I try, all I try and do is to be the same person every day. So, so I, I don't, have, I'm not, I don't have highs or have lows. So you know that you're going to get the same person 365 days of the year, right? So, so, and 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 just understand that. So if that makes you feel comfortable. Then, then you know, you know what you're going to get. I, I don't. I'm not big on mixing socially with them. I mean, they're going to, they're, they're 20, I'm 60. It, it, it doesn't work out, I'm their grandfather. So, <laughs> so but, but if we've got a social, I'll have a, you know, we'll have a beer and a chat if we've got a barbie on, that sort of thing. But I'm, I'm not engaging in their social life. They don't want me to engage in their social life. They, yeah. I, I, just think, I just think people want, 
they, they, they want a, a good consistency in their life. They, they want to know that that you are who you are, and, and you're not Jekyll and Hyde. You're not this person one day and that person another day. They know how I coach. They know how I provide feedback for them, and and hopefully they take com- they can be comfortable in that. Lockie McCaffrey told me that the Brumbies is the only place he's ever played where the guys who weren't in the match day 23 were just as eager to, to help the team and improve and, and were you know willing to work hard and not not kicking stones basically um, for not than any other place he's ever been. You you've been there a long time. Is it something that's just happened naturally, or is it something that that uh, you know the players, the coaches, people who've been there have tried to you know, to push this, this or cultivate this positive, hardworking culture yeah, that you guys well, seem to have there? You have, you have to work. It, it doesn't come naturally. I mean, most people don't deal with disappointment well. That's it, it, human nature. So I, I don't get selected this week. I thought I could have. I thought I should have. I thought I've trained well. I don't get selected. I don't do... I, I, who, who deals with that well? Who says, oh, well, happy days... So, so you, you, you've, got to, you've got to actively develop that culture. So you've got to have people responsible, either in, in your non-23, and, and, and then you've got to have people in the 23 and your leaders who recognise the value of those people. And, 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 and we would always, I know Alan or, or somebody would, in that circle at the end of our uh, execution session, would always thank the non-23 for their, for their efforts in preparing the team, so, so it gets recognised weekly, and uh, and I, I do think again it's it's really important that, uh, to the in terms of your head coach providing um, a good feedback. So so I, I mean I think Dan's fantastic. So he 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 would talk to every every person who doesn't get selected or every person. Who in and out or whatever, so so he he get them up and whether it's one minute or a five minute conversation, he's just so thorough in making sure that he's done a face to face with every person. So so and that person agree disagree again that's that's up to you, but you've had a face to face with your head coach, um, and you've had an opportunity to make a couple of points and he's made a couple of points and we move on, then. We have to have an environment where where the 23 need to win on the weekend, and we've all got to contribute to that. So you have to work hard on it, and there's there's lots of moving parts: your leadership group, your head coach, uh, you, know, you know, whether it's your, your your leaders in the forwards. You know, we're doing um, you know guys are doing opposition lineouts. You know, your your tight heads trying to, to emulate what Taniella Tupou does, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. All, all you know, guys have got to, they've got to do the work. They've got to understand, and, and, and they've got to prepare the team. But it it, it, has, it gets worked on uh, every week by the processes that are in place to get to give them feedback, to give them understanding. It won't make you happy, and you might, you might leave at the end of the day and say, "Fuck, I, I don't agree." Yeah. But in that training time, it, that you've done the most you can, and you've conducted yourself around here with your with your chin up, your chest out. Uh, I, I remember when I was over, over at Gloucester, and look, a couple of guys, you know, they, you know, they didn't like not getting selected, and you know, boys go for coffees, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, there was one guy they used to 
to to sort of laugh about a bit that was it was never going to have a cappuccino with a bloke. It was always a sappuccino. Like he just sap sap the whole group because he'd be constantly whinging about where he was in the scheme of things. And then if that happens, who can fix that? The players that he's talking to, the players that he's sapping with, I know. Yeah. And, and that's where you, you, your squad has to take responsibility. So what's what is the strength of your leadership group? What is the honesty within your leadership group? Is, is yeah. that something you educate them on, Laurie? Because Absolutely. They're, Absolutely. they're all young men, and and you know, I was I was an idiot when I was twenty. I'm I'm still an idiot. Yeah. Um, but but is that something that you guys will sit down and, and and teach people how to actually work through that? Absolutely, Ab- absolutely. Uh, uh, to, to make making sure that 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 you do you do deal with things that you don't that that you don't just ignore things. So if if, if people are, are sapping in our environment to, to give them, it, it's not so much a strategy. They'll deal with it in their own way. But but the understanding is that we can't let it happen. We can't. Yeah. We, we cannot let that happen. So. Uh, Everybody will have a slightly different strategy. Some people will be more confrontational. Some people will, will uh, go and you know send him a send him a WhatsApp or or, or or grab him later or something. But but it has to be dealt with. It must be dealt with because it, it it's not positive for our environment. So the understanding that when you come into the leadership group that that's important. But even if you even if you've got four guys who aren't in a leadership group and someone starts. You know, putting everything down, then then it, you know, educate the group to say, well, well, I'll give you an ear for thirty seconds, but then we, we you know, we, we've got to move on. That that's not that's not making anybody better. Talk to me about coaching overseas. Was it was it good for your education as a coach to experience a different rugby environment and and learn from how other people over the other side of the world do things? Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely. And, and look, I, I certainly found the experience at Munster uh, invaluable and, and primarily because of the uh, generationally great, some of the generationally great players that were there. So learning off of Paul O'Connell around his line at work, but also around his leadership, uh, how he talked to other players. Uh, Ronan O'Gar, again, just about his preparation, about his game management, um, so I, I, I learned, you know, they had like, like 13 of the origin and nationals at the time. Like they had some great players, your Jerry Friendlies and your, and your uh, uh, Wallace and Quinlan's and um, boy, you know, they had some players there. Even the Dougie Howlett, uh, you spent a lot of time just sitting down with Doug and talking about drills and, and how things could be done better in environments. Uh, learned <clears throat> and, and, and culturally different. And the Irish are fantastic because they're, they're, you know, they don't have huge numbers of players. They don't have uh, traditionally fantastic athletes, et cetera, et cetera. They've just got a real um, ambition that, that, they, that they'll work for each other and they'll work hard. So I, I, I learned a lot about environments, about, about the value of players uh, in, in driving your program, in driving your culture, in, 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 in dragging people along. And Gloucester was a little bit different because they were in a real transition phase. And, and they just had lost a lot of players and they just, they went on a bit of a recruitment binge, but it was really, it was really a scattergun approach. It was a couple of Welsh guys and a Scottish bloke and an ex-Kiwi international and, 
oh, we'll just throw them all together and we'll be out, we'll be unbelievable. And it, again, it doesn't work like that. Um, so it was it was a really good blokes, all good blokes, but a really challenging environment there. To and and they had they really didn't have a leadership structure in place. They were they had poor habits around game day, uh, poor habits around um, recovery, etc., etc., etc. So. Uh, just trying to, to get a lot of things in place and, and the continual turnover of players. So it, it you know, didn't even have a didn't didn't even have a, a song to sing after a win, you know, like really? it was, yeah, no, nothing, like, like nothing in place to, to to share. So it was a really it was a, a really and I, and I, I mean I, I felt we made not a lot of progress in the first year, and then got rid of some dead wood, uh, and because I, I didn't I got over there one week before the comp started. But then we made some real progress second year into third year, changed our game, changed our structures, and 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 I thought we were on a pretty good footing. And then, you know, like I decided to come home, had no family over there, and it was you know, three years with no family. Just uh, get a bit like, grim after a while. It does, it does, yeah. But but two very very different environments. One where I probably learnt uh, an amazing amount off the player group, and one. Uh, where I was really challenged to try and develop uh, almost from scratch from, yeah. from all these bad habits, a, a, a culture and environment of, 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 uh, of excellence, of quality, of oneness, of, of all in the same direction. So uh, great learning experiences, both of them. Um, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think I read an article where you were talking about the experience in Munster and how a, a lot of the guys grow grow up aspirational to play for their province, yeah. like like playing for Munster is is the pinnacle of a lot of these young guys, and they have a deep attachment to the area, the team. Uh, it's their home, and you know they're not just playing for their teammates; they're they're playing for their area and their province. And I've been reading a, a lot of books lately on on teams like uh, uh, Barcelona and how they like to cultivate their own talent from a young age and bring them through so that they, they know the, the systems, they know the area that, and they, you know, fundamentally give a fuck about the place that they're playing for. Yep. Is that important in your view? Cause it uh, seems to me like it would be. Yeah. Uh, I, I really do. I really do think it is. And, and I guess that'd be my, my, my point about say Gloucester v, v Munster is, is, you know, there, there were maybe one, you know, one, two, three Gloucester-born uh, people in the squad at the time. But but in, in Munster, it's, it's that real parish. So whether you're playing your GA or whether you're playing uh, rugby, it, it, it's a real uh, sort of parish, small um, community type thing. So, so you're right. You, you, uh, and, and I remember once we, we played Sale in a European Cup game um, at, uh, I think it was Edgeley Park, I think the ground was. And I remember Paul uh, Connell saying that, that look, it, today it wasn't about winning, it wasn't about losing. It was, a, it was about a performance that, that he and we could be proud of for, he, for, for our parents, for our brothers, our sisters, our wives, our girlfriends, our community. And, and, and like, it, it really, and look, it's the only time I'd ever heard him talk like that, but but as he was just he was fearful that we wouldn't put on a performance. Not did not mention winning or losing, but the performance to be proud of for the people that care most about you. 
and they and that they had, that was a real driving mentality and still is of the team. Now they needed some top end people, whether it's your Johnny Langford, whether it's your Dougie Howlett, whether it was your Jean de Villiers, and, and you know now they got a, they've still got a few South Africans there now, but the bulk the essence of the team, uh, people, you know from you know from Cork, from Kerry, from Kalani. Uh, from from uh, Skibbereen, whatever, 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 but they're they they're, they're uh, Munster, they're, they're Munster, Munster people, born and bred, and have had an ambition from day one to wear that red jersey with the, with the with the three kings uh, and the stag on it, and that's what drives them, and uh, that's the essence of who they are, uh, and, and 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 what makes them such a tight knit and proud team. You mentioned at the start um, that it's been hard to do personal development the last couple of years. Uh, what about before that? What did do, do you just look at rugby, or do you, do you look outside rugby for other ideas from other sports, um, sports science, you know, meditation? Do, do you look at other yeah, areas as well? I do, I do. I mean, obviously, look at look at rugby f- f- for the game itself, but in terms of uh, leadership, in terms of you know, your amateur sports psychology, which coaches are, uh, you know, how to get the best out of people, uh, you know, what your environment should be like, uh, how to be, you know, what are the keys to being a good assistant coach, um, you know, how to provide feedback. So there's, there's so many things that you're trying to, uh, that you find. And so, you know, whether it's on, on your Twitter where you, I might follow, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 different little things. So some of them are organisations, some of them are individual people, you know, sports psychs, et cetera, et cetera. So you're, you're constantly trying to in, increase your frame of your skill and reference uh, and, and primarily through through social media, a little bit through reading books, uh, podcasts, seminars, all, all those things. And you're right, that they're significantly... All those things, are a lot of them are about about how you create an environment uh, and, 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 and how you bring everybody along in that environment because the, you know, the, rugby's, part, the, the rugby's an important part of it, but, but the environment you create, the leadership within the group, if you don't have, if you don't have that, then, then you're very fragile. You might be you know, wonderful footballers, but if you don't have, have, have a genuine capacity to... To, to work as a group to, to operate the good times, the bad times for the non-23 to support the 23, um, you know, to, to have that winning mindset to, to be able to, to fight through difficult times. So that's where you're constantly trying to find, um, yeah, just right, where, what do they do at Barcelona? You know, what, what does, and, and finding quotes from people like, what does Ash Barty do f- for her, you know, her mental toughness, her, her focus? Uh, so that you, you might pick up a, a concept, a sentence, a quote, et cetera, et cetera, that, you, that you'll store and use. Do you have any books that you recommend to people frequently? No, no, I, I don't. Um, I, I sort of just scan uh, you know, through a few things, but I, 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 wouldn't re- I wouldn't recommend one book. Again, it's, it's, I find uh, reading... And what you get out of it to be very personal, yeah. And 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 again, I'm a great believer in, in people finding finding where they need to go rather than always being directed in where they need to go. So I, I I know what I like. I know what relates to me, 
and and um, so I'm, I'm trying to develop myself, and that that yeah. takes up enough of my time. <laughs> Do you? So I've I've just started coaching, and it's opened a whole new heap of doors for me that I didn't know existed. And uh, the more I learn, the more I realize I've got so much to learn. Well, yeah. Do you do you have a way of like do you journal? Do you write things down that you know? Um, like, do you have some sort of process for remembering yep. all this stuff? Yep, I've got I've got books. So every time I have an idea, I write it in my in my you know, notebook. So I got years and years of notebooks. So uh, you know, wrote two or three things down there this morning. Yeah. Uh, so and, and so you know, I've got all, all my coaching sessions on on. Uh, hard copy, so I've got folders and folders and folders of uh, drills of, of of training sessions. <clears throat> uh, you know, I've got every uh, you know, another book where I do all my uh, pre-game. So uh, you know, what I talk about pre-game and and then the notes that I take during the game, etc. Et, et so so it's all it's all documented in in different in in different things. So I've, I've, I'd be I'd write an idea down. I'd take my book everywhere, and an idea might come to me, and I'll just take a quick note. So, um, and then I'll so I've got a, a supply of of, uh, of diaries on the table. I'll get through one and into the next one. Um, Matt, I won't take too much more of your time up. I'm super appreciative of this. Thank you very much. No can, can I just ask on on game day? You, you just mentioned you write notes um, during halftime on game day. What I'm I'm new to coaching, so I'm still trying to work out the best process for me on game day. What's your process on game day in terms of setting up the day for the boys and then giving feedback at halftime or during the game? Yeah, well, the the important thing is for me is to have a clear understanding of what you think the team or the individual needs to do for us to win the game. So, 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 so that's. That becomes your guiding principles through the week. So, so yeah, whether whether it's around breakdown, whether it's around defensively, where we think we'll be challenged, and where we think we need to be good, and and then so then you've got to have, you've got to drive that consistency consistency of message, so that you've done your analysis of the opposition, we've come up with a style of play that that we need to you know which doesn't uh, differ. Markedly from week to week, it's just a couple of different plays. This is how that we think we'll be challenged in defence. These are the key things. You know, like, like one side might kick a lot, one side might play to the edge a lot, one side might pick through you, whatever, whatever. Uh, so, so understanding what's coming, understanding the opportunities, and and then that drives what you do on Monday, what you do on Tuesday, what you do on Thursday, and then that should drive your key messaging pre-game, isn't it? That, that you're not trying to give 100 messages if I'm sitting down with the forwards, you know, what, what, are, what are our two keys in, in defence? What, what, you know, what's our key around work rate or accuracy? What, you know, where we'll be challenged at the breakdown? What's important? It's whatever. A few things. And then that's got to be my reference point for half-time again. I can't be talking about fucking something completely different. But I've, I've got to be constantly – so I've got to get it right. I've got to get it right on Monday or if I need to make some subtle changes during the week in the, in the thought process we do. But, but I, I can't all of a sudden leap out at half-time and, 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 and be uh, – most often you've got to back yourself to say, well, we've done the work. 
this is what we've done all week, we think it'll work. And most often it's you're not succeeding because either you're not getting you're not you're not getting what you planned right. Very rarely is it something else has happened that that was just uh, totally uh, out of the blue or, or shock you. So it's about getting back to your processes. Do what can we what what can we do better defensively? Do we need to square up better? Are we, are we slow to our feet? Are we not working back hard enough? Um, are we a little bit slow on chasing our break then in? All the things, all back to your game model, all back to your messaging for your week and just and, and, and pick a couple of things. What's going well? Where are we getting our pay? Um, is it is it quick ruck ball going through them? Is it is it two passes off the ruck? So again, balancing uh, like our feedback. Uh, where are we where are we good? Because half back, uh, half time can't all be just about negatives. It's got to be yeah. a bit. There's got to be a list, two or three or four things. Fucking, this is red hot. Yeah, we can go a bit better. And 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 again, limiting yourself. There's a lot of talk about. Yeah, for every every one negative, you've got to be offering two or three positives. Otherwise, people tune out. So again, making sure that you that you are that there are positives, there are work ons, there are positive work ons, and you're shifting between the two. So that you've got, to, you've got to send them out with a clear mind, chest out, and, and a genuine belief that uh, if they do more of this and less of that, we'll win the game. What makes a good coach? Uh, uh, there's no one thing. Because, I mean, everybody's different. Everybody's different. But I just, I, I, I would say, yeah, you've got to have a strong work ethic, obviously. Um, you, you know, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to spend time. Uh, you've got to understand your game. Like if you don't understand, if you, you really got to, have, I believe, have an in-depth understanding of your game. And, and even if you're coaching a particular area of the game, you've got to make the effort to understand the whole game because you've got to know where your piece fits in. So definitely, being a student of the game is is most important. Um, again, coach, coaches are different, but I think you've, I think. You've obviously got to have a relationship with the players. If you don't have a good relationship with the players, and 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 I think of someone like Eddie Jones, who, who everybody talks about what a hard task master task master he is, but he's but, but that's oftentimes most often with his staff. So he gets he's trying to get the absolute best out of his staff, so that their preparation is faultless. He's a different beast with the players. He's he, he can be. Light-hearted, encouraging. He can be also demanding, but but he's got a great relationship with the players. Doesn't always have a great relationship with his fellow staff because he rides them so hard. But he understands he can't ride the players like that all the time. So a really good balance of knowing, of making sure that that everybody's work ethic is beyond reproach, everybody's detail is beyond reproach. But in the end, the players have got to do it. So you've got to have that relationship there that, they'll, that, they'll, that they believe in what you're doing. Uh, they believe that you genuinely care about, about them and what we're doing and, 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 and that, they, that they in end are the guys that will control everybody's destiny. Um, Matt, I've got a couple more questions for you and then I'll, I'll let you go. Yep. Mentors. Um, I've, I've been very lucky as a, someone who's just got into coaching. I consider Palms a mentor of mine in terms of scrum coaching. Um, got a great coach at South, Todd Loudon. How, how important is mentors for not only coaching, but for, for people? 
Like, and do you have a mentor or people that yeah. you talk to? Not, not really. Um, not really. Look, I, I think, I think uh, potentially having mentors, it, it, I mean, it's, it's really important. I mean, my, my personality is, is, is look, I'm, I'm a sort of historian. I'm, I'm a researcher. And 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 as a as a, as, a, as a researcher, you, you you delve into things yourself, and you compile all the information, and you make sense of it. And, that, and that, that's that's how I work. Yeah. Uh, but by doing it that way, uh, other people work uh, by bouncing ideas off people, etc. Uh, etc. Et but I, the way my brain works, and I, and I love talking to people, but I, I guess I don't I don't chase I don't chase I don't chase it when the circumstances allow. Uh, I, I love talking, whether it's about the game itself or different aspects of it. But my personality is to is to research, is to research, is to uh, be a little bit eclectic to pick the eyes out of things to make sense of it in my own mind, and then and then I can then I deliver it, uh, and then I'm happy to take feedback on and, and be open-minded about how I can improve things. But that's yeah, that's my personality. Uh, so again, you've got to do things that 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 operate that that, that help that operate in the way that you want to operate. Uh, it seems like being yourself is pretty pretty key. Well, you know, is. not not trying to be someone else and just being true to yourself and making what everyone else says work work for you. Because like you could tell me absolutely everything you know about rugby, and I'm I'm not going to be able to coach like you. Uh-huh. I, I have to be me. Correct. Is that how you view that? Yeah, that's absolutely right. Is it? Is it? You'll get information. So all this info, all this information comes in, but 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 in the end, it has to become your idea. It doesn't have to be unique, but it has to have gone through your thought processes, and then into your language, into how you present, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. To to just simply coach, uh, and and I. You know, I, I, I hate it when somebody says, oh, here's a session, can you go and coach it for me? You know, like, because again, I, I'm, I, I like to have, I like to have thought about it. I like to be really clear in my own mind about, about what I want so they don't understand about what I see and then what I say. So, yeah, that, that's, that's my, my process. Again, other people are different. Uh, I, I remember I was on, listening to a podcast with Justin Langer and he said that when he first applied... I'm not sure whether it was was the Western Australia head coach position or the Australian, and he and he got all this stuff off somewhere, and he sort of was presenting it, and, and he got halfway through the interview and he said, "Stop, stop, stop!" That that he he didn't feel comfortable. He said, "Listen, I'm I'm not ready for this," because he he, he hadn't internalised it. It wasn't his stuff. He was just presenting somebody else's. Oh, you know, this these are the these are the five important things of head coaching and this and this and this, a whole list, but, but none of it was his. That might all be valid and, and, and that might indeed become your philosophy, but you've got to take the time to internalise it for it to become yours, for you to have massaged it and, and to work it in, in the way you're, you're wired and the way you present. And that's absolutely crucial that, that you have to be yourself. Mate, last question for you, and I, I ask everyone that I speak to this because we usually get some very insightful answers. What advice would you give eighteen-year-old Laurie Fisher? Uh, probably, probably to be more uh, open and engaging. 
again, it's per personality-wise that, that I, I well, personality is to do everything behind the scenes and to present here's the finished product. But so, so my advice would be to get out there and be much more engaging uh, in, in, in talking to people in uh, how you develop your philosophies and, and, and to include other people, to bring other people along for the ride in, in whatever you do, rather, rather than uh, internalise, being do, here it is, let's all go. I think everybody wants to feel as though that they're they're on on, you know, on the same boat, that they're all along for the same ride. So to try and it's hard. Something like that would be hard because you know, we are who we are. But again, you know, you you can you, you got to chip away. Nobody's perfect, and nobody'll ever be perfect. But you just got to chip away. And 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 bottom line is, uh, people want to be involved. People like to be involved. Doesn't matter what it is, but people like to be involved. People like to be involved in in evolving something and taking ownership of something. So to, to be better at that. That's a great way to end. Thank you so much, mate. Um, I hope you get a bit of downtime before it all kicks off again. Uh, yeah. My downtime's about watching footy and just uh, uh, enjoying, enjoying a nice slow day. Well, mate, hopefully you get out of lockdown soon and you know, get out to the pub or down the coast and have a beer yeah, somewhere. Look, a draft reshes would be lovely, mate. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm aching for, for one or two of those. Oh, I had my first beer on Monday and it was marvellous. Absolutely marvellous. <laughs> mate, Tom, thank you so much, mate. Say hello to Palms for me. I appreciate okay. this so much, mate. Enjoyed it very much. Thank you. Pleasure, mate. All the best. Thanks, Laurie. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I do. If you enjoyed the podcast, can I ask a couple of favors? Please subscribe on whatever preferred platform you listen on. Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Wandering Bear Sports. And please tell someone about it. Without doubt, word of mouth is how this podcast has been building. And I'm truly grateful for all the support so far, and I'm just going to keep it going. So until next time, enjoy your week, and we'll talk soon.